Hello and welcome in to Survivor Analytics. I'm your host, Clyde. Today we have an episode entirely dedicated to our Survivor Fantasy League. Season 44 is just around the corner. It's debuting, I think, March 1st. So how does our league work? We have six teams, five individuals, and one team of two. On this podcast, we will have a snake draft where teams will select players off the board. There are 18 contestants for this season of Survivor, so each team will have three players. Once a team selects a player, they are with them the entire season. So how do contestants earn points? Players gain points through any positive moves in the game. So things like winning challenges, voting correctly at tribal council, finding an idol, or playing an idol. I'm going to post the full scoring system with exact point values on our social media if you're curious and want to see those. Now that the rules are all set, I'm going to read off the draft order. The first pick of the draft is my co-host and resident Shambo enthusiast. We have Jack. The second pick is our team of two, Olivia and Tony. They're fans of the show, and I know they watch it together. At the third pick, we have Abby, who is seen every season. At four, we have my little sister, Maddie. I will be picking at number five. And at number six, we have our friend, Alexis. So there's all the information that you need to know for this episode, and we can hop right into the draft. Jack, you want to start then? I have two names, and it's just a real struggle, because I know whichever pick I make, Clyde's eyebrows are going to go up. And you have nothing to lose. It's okay. It's not like you've known that you've had the first pick for like three weeks. I've been weighing these two people for like three weeks, genuinely. Because, I mean, it's a lot like our podcast. It's brains versus brawn. You know what? I'm going to go with my heart for the first pick. I'm going to take Carson. The fact that he uh, he seems sharp. He he seems like he's going to struggle in the uh, on the island, but I think it'll be a funny struggle like a relatable struggle, kind of like Yasmin in the season we just watched, where she's just miserable in the jungle. I think the fact that he's practiced puzzles will be helpful. I think the his consciousness that while he is a STEM guy, he's not going to play it up as much as Christian did. I think that will help him. So that's why he's my number one. I like Carson when I read his bio, but then I watched the video and I liked him a lot less because I was hoping that he would be more nerdy, but he wasn't. Yeah, I didn't like him during his bio or his video. <laughs> uh, Carson is the one contestant that I have the outside fact on. Carson has created merch for himself that he's already selling, which can mean two things. On one side, it can mean that Carson is a pre-merge early boot and he's trying to cash out on his five minutes of fame, or he's actually making it late into the game and he's trying to monopolize on that. Would you have picked Carson due to that fact, Clyde? Oh, no. Carson was, like, towards the bottom of my rankings. He's also 20 years old. He's the youngest person on the whole cast. Maddie, I saw you on mute. Do you have any thoughts on Carson? I mean, you guys kind of already covered it. I was a little surprised just because I feel like it's always risky going for someone so young because that they always get booted off pretty early. But I can see where he's coming from with the whole, like, Christian archetype. And Christian made it very far last time, but, like, the one his one flaw was that he, like, really showed all the cards and showed that he was really smart and intelligent from the very beginning. So I can see where he's coming from with that, but I don't think I would have picked him for my first choice. Pretty brutal uh, reception to Carson. We can go the second pick then, if no one has any other thoughts. We have Team uh, Olivia Tony slash Tony Olivia. The second pick in the Survivor Draft, Team Tony Olivia pick Kane Fritzler. I felt really awful about Kane, but then I watched his video. And I felt a lot better, and then Olivia kind of got me on board. It went the other way around, actually. 
but that's it, okay. I came <laughs> first, and then we watched the video, and then I was proven right. He looks like he could be okay at challenges, but I think everything about him, like, he, he's not, um, I don't think people will, like, catch on to his potential, and that's my hope, and maybe that's our hope here, too, of picking him number two, if, but I just feel like, like, he's big, so he might be good at some challenges, but he looks a little awkward, and, like, he seems like like he's good at negotiating so i don't know if that's really true or not but he says he is and so like maybe but he just seems a little clumsy so i feel like people aren't ever going to perceive him as a threat which might help him get really far but he does seem like he like kind of good strategy so my hope is just that like people aren't threatened by him so you saw that he's wearing jorts right <laughs> yes that was actually very important real i think that he's a threat <laughs> Sorry, I'm saying he's the only Canadian on the cast this season, and two Canadians have won in the new era, so basically that is a good pick. But I did not get good vibes from him, so but I'm hoping he gets good vibes for you guys. I initially liked Kane, um, and I had him up really high, but then I watched um, the like five-minute preview of the season, and just like seeing him with standing with the rest of his tribe, I was like, I'm not sure that I like the dynamic of him in that tribe because I feel like there is a world where he's voted out first in his tribe. I liked him initially, but then I put him lower. Oh, see, that was part of my decision making too. I disagreed because I felt like his tribe was a bunch of nice people and he's not nice. And I feel like there's gonna be like a niceness like alliance where uh, like I feel like the boys on that team are pretty nice. And so maybe they'll like bond over being nice and not vote each other out. The combination of the confidence to uh, refer to himself as having effortless charisma and then his favorite hobby, number one, is D&D. That's just those things don't go together in that lack of self-awareness. And I'm comfortable saying that because I play D&D. Nobody who plays D&D has effortless charisma. This guy is not going far. I don't trust him. I agree with Jack on this one. Um, just reading his bio, it was like, it was just kind of tough to like get through. Um, when he called himself a younger, more handsome Tyson, that was rough. That was really rough. Um, same thing with referring to himself as a wee lad. I was like, who is this guy? I did not get good vibes from the beginning. He also <laughs> says that he's going to win Survivor because he's quick on his feet. And I don't believe him at all. I think he might be the least quick on his feet on this entire cast. Dasquatch and quick on his feet. He said both of those things. I do not believe it. <laughs> This is why it's so important, though, because no one believes in him. You know, if you look at the last year's cast and you had to choose somebody who looked the slowest on their feet, who would you pick? Gabler. And look at Gabler now. So you're going for a second Gabler? Well, I don't think he's actually like Gabler, but in the same way that no one really thought Gabler was good, I think no one's really going to think that whatever his name is good either. I don't even remember his name. Okay, but thanks for your discussion. I'm glad... We knew this was going to be controversial, but we were okay with it. Wait, so just for our own awareness, would anyone have taken Kane in the first round if we didn't take Kane in the first round? Absolutely not. <laughs> we thought he was going to be like a top pick. Okay, so Carson's off the board, Kane's off the board. We go to Abby, third pick of the draft. For my first pick, I went with Claire. Um, I listened to like all the preseason podcasts that Robin's podcast does and out of all the interviews I just really liked her the most and I know that she referred to herself as being like bright and bubbly and that's how she wants to be perceived but so did like five other girls on the cast I'm kind of worried about that but I liked her the most out of all of them so I'm gonna go with Claire for my first pick. 
I knew you would take Claire. She's my winner pick. Claire was my second pick because I probably would have put her first, but I knew that Abby would take her. I'm actually really upset that you took her. I was expecting her to fall <laughs> to me in the draft. I was like, oh, Claire gives off the vibe that she's a little bit under the radar. Claire was one of those contestants that I only wrote down positives for. I don't think I have any negatives for her. Oh, I think she has a lot of potential connections on her tribe. She's a current resident in Brooklyn. And there's that guy, Danny, the firefighter on her tribe, who's also from New York. So she has like the New York connection there. Um, she grew up in Illinois. So she has the Midwestern connection with Franny. And she has like a white collar background where I feel like the vast majority of this cast like works kind of white collar jobs. But there's a couple of people I think she could connect with well on her tribe. So I'm jealous. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad I went third then. I was going to actually take her next time. So... We liked Claire, but then I think she sounded a little, just like a tiny bit annoying in the video, which could work against her. But that was the only thing that I could say against her. I'm sorry. I was going to say, we just based a lot of our decision making off of like being annoying and um, not actually being annoying, but the perception of being annoying. And I also, one of my worries in most time in Survivor, especially with girls who do have strong gains is like, they do get casted as like, oh, they're being annoying or, oh, they're trying to call the shots. And so like that, that's just part of like how people end up voting. And I feel like it's easier to call strategy for a girl annoying or something that just happens in Survivor a lot. And so we did take that into account. I was like, I don't know how she'll be perceived, um, but kind of like your opinion about her connections. Yeah, she probably isn't as quick on her feet as Kane too. So I'm sure that played into your decision as well. So if we're all set on Claire, we can head to Maddie, fourth pick of the draft. Who, who are you taking? Okay, I was pretty indecisive on my first pick for a while. I was going through like a bunch of different people. I didn't really know who to pick. And I'm not sure if it's a controversial or not, but I'm just going to kind of go for it. I'm going to pick Helen. So in the more recent seasons, we've had a lot of really under the radar players that have actually come out and been able to win been able to win um thinking of like erica thinking of even players like marianne and especially gabler these are all players that we didn't really expect from the beginning but then they were able to kind of come through in the end and end up actually winning the game there wasn't like a whole lot that stood out to me at first but she seemed to have like confidence looking at her video and um i think we're going to see more of a trend with these newer seasons with players that maybe don't do as much in the pre-merge or in the um, early stage of the merge, like actually going through and end, ending up winning the game. So that was just looking at more recent trends. That's why I ended up picking her. I feel like everybody on this season wants to be like Erica. That's not relevant to exactly what you're saying, but like everyone wants to play her game. And I feel like Erica would not have even been Erica if she didn't get the thing to break. So... I feel like it's hard to play a game that's so content, like not just unique to her, Helen, but a lot of these players want to play her game, but I feel like her game was reliant on like a twist. I liked Helen's video because she, she seemed very confident and she came up as very intelligent, even though I didn't think she was going to be that good when I was reading the, the preview, but I think she came up really well in the video. My biggest worry with Helen is I think when I look at the three tribes, the tribe that I see as the physically weakest is the purple one, the Tika tribe. I think they're most likely to go to a bunch of tribal councils. And especially in new era seasons, we see a lot of the physically weaker players targeted in in, in the pre-merge because you only have six people on your tribe and you can't really afford to get rid of your biggest physical assets. 
that kind of scared me from Helen, not because of her as an individual, but just being a not physically dominating player on an already weaker tribe. I think she's someone that if she does make the merge could definitely fly on under the radar and play that Erica style game. But I think there's also a risk with her that like their tribe could lose a challenge early on and she's the target because of it. So we head to the fifth pick of the draft, which is me. I'm going with uh, Matthew Grinstead male. Oh, okay. Alexis looks upset. That's good for me. One thing that worried uh, me about him when I first saw him is he's 43 and typically older contestants don't do as well on the show, but I think Matthew has a lot of, po a lot of positives. One of them is in the season trailer, he has like this cool scene of him climbing a rock. They dedicated like 20 seconds of a three minute trailer to Matthew climbing a rock. And I don't think they would do that if Matthew was an irrelevant character in the season. I remember in 43, they had this scene of like Carla holding a machete in the preview and Carla ended up being a really big figure in that season. So I was like, oh, psh, I'll apply that same logic to Matthew. Um, but there's a lot of things I like about him. So I liked his survivor comparisons. Um, he brought up players that weren't super mainstream players. Like one red flag for me is when I see someone that just compares themselves to Suri. Like, everyone knows who Sari is, basically. Probably other than Jack in this chat. And <laughs> so I like that he gave some more niche answers there. I think it shows that he understands the show. I think he's a physically strong player, so I'm not worried about him being voted out because he doesn't contribute in challenges early on. I think he has a good understanding of alliances. He says that he hopes to find an ally with a different skill set from him, which I think is a strong idea at large because you have some people that say that they want an ally to be someone that just follows them and I don't think that's a really realistic thing to look for but I do think he has a couple neg negatives I mentioned he's one of the oldest and two of Matthew's pet peeves are like interpersonal ones he doesn't like it when people talk in circle in circles and he doesn't like it when people don't give others time to talk so I'm worried a little bit with how he'll deal with interpersonal conflict on the island. At the end of the day, the the edit, the physical strength, and he seems like a nice guy in this video too. Uh, put Matthew at number two on my board behind Claire, but I'm still happy with him. Um, In the trailer of him climbing the rock, didn't he also fall? He yes. did. He did fall. And the rock okay. was a little bit higher than what I would have liked, but mm -hmm. I think if there was a medevac, they wouldn't show it in the trailer. You would think. Okay. Okay, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, I that I had him higher, but then I remembered that he fell off the rock, and then I put him a little bit lower. See, I had him high, but I don't know that I agree with your reasoning about the rock being included in the trailer, and that's why he made it far, because I feel like they included it because he fell. Um, to be like, oh, scary season, even if nothing's going to happen, because it looks like he caught himself at the end, they just cut it out. Um but I had him really high. I thought that he seemed really personable based on the dynamics of his tribe. He seemed like he had like a good foot no matter how the tribe was going to lean. So that's why I had him pretty high too. So all my first picks are basically gone. Were your first five the first five taken? I actually still, still have my, I still have my number one. But besides that, yes, two, three, and four are already gone. Any last thoughts on Matthew before we head to Alexis? Okay, all you, Alexis. Okay, so my number one pick I think may also be controversial, maybe. Um, but I'm going to go with Franny. 
I like Franny. I think she's a little odd, but she reminds me of Kellen a bit. She looks a lot like Kellen too. Um, and she also reminds me of Aubrey. And I feel like she's really smart. And what worries me is she is very energetic and might be rubbing people the wrong way, might be taken as kind of annoying. Um, but I think I think I'm pretty confident in her. So I'm going to take Franny. Is she the one that talked about being zesty a lot? Yes, yeah, and she also trait. said something about collecting leaves. So I'm straight going for the kooks right now. I liked Franny. I liked uh, the combination of why she wanted to do Survivor. I liked just how she said it. And then the whole thing about the nail salon, that just seems both very down-to-earth and very humble, uh, but also shows, you know, some grit. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure she works at Harvard, because she lives in Cambridge and is a research coordinator. And she got a perfect score on the MCAT. She's going to downplay it, but I think she's probably really sharp. She was high on my list, so I am jealous. But the end. I love Franny. That's it. I, I thought that her nervous energy worried me a little bit. I'm worried with her chances of winning. I think she compares herself to Gabby from David versus Goliath. I think Gabby was an okay player, but she was also someone that I don't think people thought super highly of because she was very emotional, which like shouldn't really be held against somebody, but it typically is in Survivor. And I'm worried that Franny might get the same treatment on that. Maddie, wait, did I cut you off? Did you have any other thoughts on Franny? She just seems very like anxious and nervous all the time, especially in her video. I didn't get that as much when I was reading her bio, but just like listening to the way that she presented herself, I was like, she's going to seem like she's very like, anxious all the time and constantly thinking about oh what if this happens what if this happens what if this happens and i think that might end up um hurting her in the long run um she actually said in the video that she's quote anxious all the time so i don't know if that's like the best quality to have on a game about like social strategy okay so we can move on alexis you're back to back so i was torn with this one because i feel like this is actually my last pick since i just get stuck with whatever is left so based on that I think I'm going to go with Brandon. He's strong. I can't see him being voted out off super early. I don't know if I think that he'll win, but I think he'll go pretty far. And I think that it would be a, a good team to have Franny and Brandon together. I really liked him. Yeah, he seems like calm and nice and positive. I'm going for the nice skylines, as you can see. Um, but with that, like, I think he'll be a good person of like, probably will like listen a lot and get a lot of information not ruffle too many feathers and so people might just like let him keep like riding along and he also seems like they'll do fine challenges um i could see him go i agree with you i don't know if i could see him winning but i could see him going um pretty far and also i think in general we've seen with some of these professional athletes who aren't like you know maybe you have to talk about in your kitchen like not big 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 names i think that with those kind of players we typically see they can do well in their career you get bounced around a lot and have to adapt and so there is a lot of parallels to that in the game yeah I was worried at first too since he was in the NFL um and I know in some of the earlier seasons when like NFL players came on people voted them out because they were like oh I recognize you and they tried to lie but I looked into it and he like wasn't actually even fully on the team um he was on like the practice team or whatever so I don't think anyone's gonna recognize him so I think that will be good for him and also, I just remembered uh, part of the thing that in his bio that I liked, too, was that he uh, 
mentioned wanting to keep meat shields around. And I feel like that is the strategy that keeps the strong guys around. And like, I, I hate it when a strong guy comes in and doesn't do that because I feel like they do need to do that if they want to go further. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you um, with all of that. I was kind of nervous at first because we was actually pretty high in my ranking. But um, when I was just looking at the cast, it didn't seem like there was a ton of like stronger guys. So, like, thinking of how that meat shield strategy would logistically work. When I every time I see a football player, I automatically think they're like a typical like merge boot. Like they get to the merge and everybody knows that they're like really good at challenges. So then they vote them out immediately. That was one thing that was also um, just taking through my mind just as I was like looking at the cast as a whole. Okay, cool. So we can head to the next pick. I'm torn between like two people here because similar to Alexis, my last pick is just going to be you know, <laughs> deciding who Alexis gets uh, left over with. I, I'm torn between, I feel like one person on paper is, actually, yeah, I, I don't mind saying it because I don't think either of them are going to get back to me. On one hand, I have Jam Jam, who <laughs> I think is a great personality. And if Marianne can win a season being like nauseatingly positive, I think Jam Jam could too. And then on the other side, I have Matt, He's like the better pick on paper, at least. He's like software engineer, athletic, on a tribe that I don't think will lose a ton of challenges. So I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go head over heart. I'm gonna go with Matt on this one. Matt of uh, Blankenship. So some things I liked about Matt. One, uh, his current residence is San Francisco. So that's a cute thing that we have in common. Another thing, he's a fan of the show. He's dreamed of competing on Survivor for ten years. And he shows he has some old school knowledge of Survivor. He gives shout outs to a couple older contestants. So it seems like he knows his stuff. He has an ability to overcome failure. He talks about how he failed at finding a job, getting into college, and previously applying to Survivor. So he's not someone I'm worried about where if things don't go his way, he won't break. And I think he's a student of the game. He recognized the quote I wrote down was um, the day of riding coattails are over everyone is too good at the game. So I think Matt like genuinely respects his competition. And because of that, he's going to be aware of what's going on. So I'll lock him down on my team. So I have Matt and Matthew. If there was a third Matt, I would draft uh, them too. This guy highlights how much he's failed, which didn't strike me as like an appealing trait. I mean, I get that it's what's prepared him for this, but uh, he, he made sure to point out that he got into the survivor eventually and only failed the first time. He doesn't make it clear if he's ever gotten a job or, or gotten into college. Uh, but he must have. He's a software engineer. So I liked him as a person, but maybe I saw too much of myself in him, to be honest, when I saw a software engineer. And I was like, I can't trust him on the island. Yeah, and didn't he compare himself to Eric Reichenbach? Yes, and I kind of like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think he's self-aware. I think he's kind of goofy and innocent like Eric, and I would rather him be honest about it. Like, I don't think he's saying he's going to make dumb decisions. So, like, does he mean first season Eric where he gave up immunity or second season Eric where he said, just tell me who to vote for? I think he's doing it more on a personality side. And I respect someone that's, like, self-aware. I would rather him say mm -hmm. Eric than just say some random, like, really popular name. Like, if he said, like, oh, I'm like Tony, I would uh, roll my eyes. I would rather him give a somewhat honest answer. And when I watched his videos, the way he talks is a little bit like Eric, too. He gives off a little bit of a surfer, surfer bro kind of persona, which I like. I understand. I was just kind of worried once he said that. I was like, I don't think so anymore. <laughs> yeah. I looked up his favorite hobby because I didn't recognize Tycho. 
Uh, I put the link in the chat. Uh, it's a form of Japanese drumming. There's definitely going to be footage of that if he makes it far enough that I will skip. So with that, Maddie, uh, you can hop on the board then. Okay. Um, I'm between two people. And I was going to pick this one person, but now I'm like not so sure. Okay. I think I actually am going to go with Maddie. It's a little risky, I think. Um, I think it's always kind of, this sounds awful, but it always is a little risky, like choosing like a younger woman in this show because they tend to get voted off earlier. I feel like she has a lot of endurance. She's involved. She placed third in an ultra marathon when she was only 22. She kind of reminds me almost as like a Tasha type or a Kelly Wigglesworth type, which I feel like would be um, valuable in this season. She seemed to have like a lot of confidence and she seemed like pretty straightforward as well and just like very determined. I really like Maddie. She was actually going to be my next pick. Um, I really like that she was all about girl power. Um, and I also liked how one of her words that she used to describe herself was feral. But um, she was also kind of like mellow in her video. Um, and also she like quit her job to come out here. So I hope that she kind of brings it all to the field because she has literally no job to go back to. Yeah, the feral can uh, confused me a little bit because I support the feral, but she didn't seem feral in her videos, so I don't know what she means by that. So I feel like that's kind of a shot in the dark there. I don't know where that's going to go. The feral scared me. Um, I was afraid. And then two, like the quitting her job, I, I didn't find it super inspiring. I found it like, like impulsive. It also makes me wonder like, what kind of person can just quit their job like do you have a lot of support that can just back you in the real world you can just do something and like if you fall people pick like in survival you kind of do have to hold your own um besides me being afraid i do think she could if like she's gonna be hit or miss i think it's either gonna be like a total fall or it's gonna really really work that move struck me as feral actually that seems that that was her feral energy so I, as the voice of the people who I, doesn't know anything about this show, people normally just take 40 fucking days off work. They don't quit their jobs. Like that's the standard is you're like, yeah, okay. I think so. Now it's only 30. What? It, yeah, it's 26 days now, Jack. You'll need to get adjusted to the new era. God damn it. One thing I wrote down that worried me about Maddie is she got my award for most likely to quit the game because <laughs> one of her pet peeves is having sand on my feet when I put socks on and there's going to be a lot of sand on the island. So I think out of everyone on the cast, she might be the one that struggles the most with the actual environment and survival aspect. But honestly, even then, like the odds of her quitting are pretty low. I had her down for early out maybe. So I'd like to see her go farther. I'm just not sure if she will. Okay. So Maddie's off the board. Abby, uh, you're up. Okay. So I want to, so my top four picks are all in the same tribe, but I want to diversify my team. So I'm going to, the next person that is not on the green tribe is um, Sarah on my list. Um, I don't really have anything to say about her. I kind of forgot what she said and why I ranked her so high. So I'm hoping that she kind of slips through the cracks. And yeah, so I'm picking Sarah. I didn't like that Sarah wore a dress on the island. That's pretty much my only thought about her. Outfit choices also went into my choice. I just didn't like, yeah. it's just a, like, not just a dress. She's wearing, like, a gown, and it doesn't really look that great for, like, <laughs> gown. Here. It's pretty formal attire, and I don't know if I would. You're really... lying to the people, Tony. 
You said, Abby, that you didn't remember a lot about her, and I feel like that's what she was giving, though. Like, I, I don't remember much about her because I feel like she wasn't giving much. So at first I was like, oh, she seems like she might do good in challenges. Like, she looks like a strong girl. But, like, other than that, I feel like she just, I don't know, I just didn't get a lot from her. I also like that she said she hopes to find an alliance with someone that is blindly loyal and... I think out of all the tribes, the one that's most likely to have someone that's blindly loyal is that Purple Tika tribe. There's a couple people on there that I could see just like putting their heads down and following whatever Sarah wants them to do. I actually had Sarah in my top five, so I think it could end up being a really good pick. I don't see her going out early in the game. I'm actually curious now because I've, I've in many past seasons, I've always ripped on people for like wearing very inappropriate island clothing for survival. But I don't really know if it pans out to where they end up in the game. Like, there's people who've worn, like, suits and stuff. Like, I think David, and I forget what season he was on, but David wore, like, a, a suit, and he made it almost all the way to the end. So, like, it gives off negative vibes to me, but it probably doesn't actually mean that much in the long, the grand scheme of things. I will say this right now on the record, and I hope this makes it into some podcast, because I'm fine standing with this opinion on the internet. I would rather be wearing a dress than jorts on an island. Okay, so with that, <laughs> uh, Olivia and Tony, you guys are up. Who are you going to take? My guess is someone not wearing a gown. I think we're going to decide on Yamium. First of all, I feel like for, like, again, the more recent seasons of Survivor, it's definitely, I feel like, either more positive, actually, or maybe people feel like they have to go along with the positivity. I think if they were playing against, like, maybe Boston Robert Tyson, we don't need you get out of here, but in newer days, I feel like they like the good vibes and being nice and all of that lovely stuff. Also, I kind of got Carla vibes. I don't know why. I just did. I got vibes of like maybe being able to um, find an idol and be sneaky about it. And then, yeah, also diversifying for us, given that Kane self-proclaimed whatever version of Tyson he thinks he is. I feel like this is then the other side of the coins i'm livid i wanted him so bad i loved him this guy looks like a beam of sunshine and i bet he's so nice on this island and i think he can back it up i think he'll play well i just liked his energy i like his shirt you know to go back to the wardrobe thing because i do think that's actually a valid uh, uh i think that says something about your gameplay and frankly jorts are not strategic more on the outfit too uh he has cats on his shirt, and any man who likes cats is a friend of mine, so. I think he's also the first ever contestant from Puerto Rico. Yeah, Heidi currently lives in the U.S., but Jam Jam currently lives in Puerto Rico, so he's the first one to play Survivor who is still currently living in Puerto Rico. I think Jam Jam's an interesting pick because he's one of those massive personalities, and those either do really well or they crash and burn in 42, you had Marianne as the giant personality. 43, I don't know if you remember Mariah, who was the nauseatingly positive person on that season. She was the first boot. So I think Jam Jam's like range of outcomes for this season is massive. I wouldn't be surprised if he went out in the second episode, but I wouldn't be surprised either if he ended up winning the whole thing. See, like he, he gives the positive vibes though, but also like he talked about like wanting to be in on the gossip and stuff so i feel like he has both sides that kind of like evens it out a little bit like he's not just like blindly like everything's great all the time so i feel like he's probably gonna do well 
So I think we go to Jack next. Jack, you got two in a row. Two in a row, dude. Rounding out your team. Who are you taking first? Because they're back-to-back, I feel like I like them both pretty equally. So, And it doesn't matter which one I pick first. Um, I'm going to go with Heidi for pick number 12. Briefly, why? Uh, CrossFit, 40 patents filed. Seems sharp. Seems fit. Uh, I think she'll go far. I don't know if she's wearing a jumpsuit or a maxi dress, but I don't trust her outfit choice. I saw her picture and I was like, I, I don't like Would you rather someone in a jumpsuit or dress or somebody in jorts, though? The maxi dress especially was just a little odd. I was like, why do you have so much fabric? I don't understand. Yeah, but you could tear it off. That's bandages. That's pillows. I don't know. Like, you've got <laughs> stuff to work with. That's material. Anybody have anything else to say before I do my other one? Oh, I can tell you I had Heidi at the very bottom of my entire rankings. I had her dead last. I had her pretty low, too. One of the things that really, like, threw me off, she said that she truly liked Angelina. And I was like, wait, is this the same Angelina that was, like, begging for, what's her name, Natalie's coat? I was not an Angelina fan. The reason why I had Heidi at the bottom, uh, well, there was a bunch. But she described herself as loud, which I kind of consider a flaw in survivor where you need to play a way more subtle game you can't really play a bold game and i don't know if heidi will be completely capable of that i did like that she said that honesty is rare so she expects people to lie to her and it's just tough like the older woman archetype is always one that generally struggles in survivor those players will i typically go out early in the game and when they do reach it to the end juries don't give them as much credit as they typically deserve I think Heidi's fighting an uphill battle, but I am rooting for her. She seems like a nice person. The only thing I was going to say was I just feel like the villain approach, again, like, that's the vibe I was getting. It's not really it. You think she's going to be the villain of the season? No, no, no. I think she wants to be. Like, I think that's like, oh. I think she, like, wants to play that kind of game. Yeah, she said she she kind of wants to be like Sandra. But I didn't see her being like Sandra. That's why it confused me a little bit because she doesn't yeah. seem villainy, but she seems like. So I'm, I, I just don't know if like the self awareness is there. I would love that if Heidi ends up being the villain of the season. I think that'd be so good. Okay, Jack, you're all set. Your all final right. pick. Who's going to round out With the roster? My final pick to finish the team I'm christening. I'm going to go with Danny because dude's shredded. I was obsessed with him. Let me just tell you that. Obsessed. And then we watched the video and my heart was shattered. I didn't watch the video. What shattered your heart? He referred to himself as a broish jerk after talking about how his strength and life is kindness. And then he did like a somersault in his pants. <laughs> I screamed out loud. I was so sad. I literally have written down here heart and Chuck Plusses. I'm so happy reading his bio. And so, I'm sorry. I had questions because, like, if you say that you're very nice and kind and, like, that's your main quality, you shouldn't be perceived as a broish jerk, like, ever. Even if you look the type, like, you should automatically come off as that. So I feel like maybe he's not like that and he's saying he is. But although he is a firefighter and they usually do really well in Survivor, so. Yeah, I, I would throw out firefighter shredded uh the fact that he counts breath work as a hobby that is kind of a douchey thing but i do think that's valuable do they still have challenges like um 
the basketball thing where Ben got kicked out? No. <laughs> they don't have really violent challenges anymore. They do a lot more just endurance-based ones. What? This game, man. Um, I said a big negative for me with Danny was he spent a lot of his interview talking about the survival parts of Survivor rather than the actual strategy. He talks about like being stripped down to the human condition. I get the vibe that Danny is going to be the guy that's like super focused on making fire while everyone else is forming alliances behind his back, behind his back and voting him out. Um, he yeah. also compares himself to Jeremy, but he doesn't take that extra step of talking about the meat shield strategy that I think it was Alexis talked about earlier. So he's like halfway there with understanding the gameplay that he should do, but I don't think he's actually going to go through with it. Yeah, I was thinking the same exact thing when I was like watching the video and like reading through his bio, like I was getting kind of Roxroy vibes and I really didn't like it. He was actually like the very bottom of my list. I Careful what you say about Roxroy. He's my favorite <laughs> player of all time. I think he's a safe pick because he'll, I doubt that he would get voted out on the first tribal or maybe even the second. And I think his tribe is probably one of the physically, physically one of the strongest by look. So I think that's sort of a safe pick, but I, I definitely didn't see him winning. I'll take the mixed bag. I feel terrible that I didn't watch these videos now. I should have powered through. I don't know if it's a really mixed bag, dude. It seems like everyone's pretty down with Danny. <laughs> no, but I like him. Oh, yeah. I guess it's mixed in that way where it's like one versus six. Everyone else has a little bit more of the picture colored in. I'm looking at the frame and I'm going, I like this rectangle. <laughs> okay, great pick, Jack. Um, I respect it. We go to Tony and Olivia. All right. Our last pick may be sort of a controversial one, but we're going to go with Josh Wilder. He seems physically strong by the looks of it, and also he's on the same tribe as Danny, so I think that they'll probably win a fair few challenges in the beginning. The big concern with him is that he is on lifelong immunosuppressant medication. I'm really hoping that that doesn't come back to bite him and get him medically evacuated from the game. However, given the pool of contestants that's, that are left, I would say he's probably the the physically strongest, and he also seemed pretty charismatic when we watched the video. So I think that he'll be good at gathering information and playing a social game as well. I also got like more of a calm vibe from him when I was watching the video. I don't know why. Um, compared to just reading, I was getting a little like a little stressed um and also he is a doctor so like i know he's on like immunosuppressants and everything but i'm confident that he's like fully aware of like what he can and can't do we'll see he scared me because he also had a gastrectomy which means he got his like stomach removed and i feel like there's a lot of like stomach issues on Survivor from like the food and lack of food and everything. And I was worried if that could be like getting him medivaxed. Um, also, I heard something. I didn't actually see these videos, so I don't know that they're real. But I heard that there were clips of him that someone released. Like maybe CBS. I didn't see them. Um, but he he like in his bio, he said that he was gonna like not tell people that he was a doctor and like downplay how smart he was. But apparently. He kind of sounded like he was, like, talking down to people a lot. I don't know if that's true, but if it is, I was like, he might rub people the wrong way a little bit. The doctor thing worried me. I feel like everyone goes on Survivor and thinks that their job is way cooler than it really is. And it is a cool job, don't get me wrong. But I think the days of people targeting others solely based on their profession is kind of gone. 
And now he's going to have to basically live an entire Hannah Montana double life the entire time where he lies about what he's trained to study, what he does for work. He's a, what, surgical podiatrist. So that takes so much training. So much of his life has been poured into this, and he just won't be able to talk about it the entire time that he's there. When I first made my rankings, I had him in the top five. And then, like, a couple days went by, and then I was like, this guy is, like, a trap. I think he's fool's gold. Because on paper, he has everything you would want. He's, like, super fit. He is super smart based on his job. He seems personable. But I think there's always one contestant like that that checks all the boxes on paper, but they just can't put it all together on the island. And I think he's on a tribe that's already physically strong with Matt and Danny. So I think they could look at Josh if he's bothering people and they might say, we don't need to keep him for physical strength. We have these other two guys that can do that for us. Who's got the next pick? I do, I think. Um, okay, cool. So, I'll you, Abby. <laughs> okay, so out of the four people left, two of them are on the Orange Tribe, and I need someone from the Orange Tribe to diversify my team. And I do not want Jamie the Yogi. So I'm going to pick Lauren, even though I'm very worried about Lauren. Because she said that she wanted to emulate like an aggressive gameplay. And I'm really worried about that, especially in the new era. Like I know it's a shortened game, but you it sounds like she wants to come in strong right off the bat and you really can't do that. So I'm worried that she's gonna be targeted for that. But um I do not want the yogi. So yeah, I'm gonna pick a Lauren. I had a um controversial opinion about her that made me not want to pick her. Uh the fact that she's an elementary school teacher strikes me as not not a weakness but i i feel like she won't be able to be cutthroat sometimes elementary school teachers are really good at handling people with emotional issues and i feel like there's a lot of that on survivor yeah and kane's on her tribe too so if kane has a temper tantrum i think lauren could easily be the one that comes to the rescue and comforts him in that scenario i don't think canadians have temper tantrums yeah, she is a divorced mom of two boys, so I am worried about her being, like, motherly. But I think, um, like, based off of her interview, she she said she was going to be more aggressive. So it's either motherly or aggressive, and I'm worried about both. She's also big on personal growth. I think her video, she spent a lot of time on how she wants to develop as a person on the island, which isn't a bad thing, but there's also, like, you need to mediate that to some level. Like, I wish she spent more of the video talking about how she plans to play rather than the person that she wants to become through Survivor. Okay, Maddie, it's all you. All right. I don't really like any of these options left, to be completely honest with you guys. Um, so that was expected. Yogi, not on the table. I'm debating between Bruce and Carolyn. I think I'm going to go with Bruce, though. I don't like it, but I think I'm going to go with Bruce. And it's mainly because based off of my team, Carolyn kind of worries me because she has like a very large personality. And on that tribe, having Yam Yam and Carolyn on the same tribe, I think could be destructive in a way. Bruce, therefore, by default. Is there anything you like about Bruce other than he's the last guy standing? <laughs> he's like the one positive thing about him. He's like, he's like fine. He's like. He's a family man. He's a little older. He talked about um, being part of the foster care system until he was seven. Um, he seems like a good guy. I just want to say thank you for taking Bruce because he was my greatest fear that I was going to be stuck with him because I really didn't want Bruce. I have a strong theory that he's going to get medevaced. I think that he is the person who gets injured on the preview. Um, and so I'm terrified of him because even if he doesn't get medevaced, I think he's going to be injured. So 
I, I just have a feeling he's the oldest guy, and I just think that I, I didn't want him. I'm so confused. I want Briggs, like, looked fit for his age. He's older, but he's not out of shape. Like, at all. I feel like he could surprise people like that. I think what would be good about him on his tribe is that he, like, he, he has so many big personalities on the tribe that he's going to just, like, be, like, an anchor of, like, if you're getting annoyed by the other two loud people, like, Bruce is someone you could probably go talk to, like, vet to, but he doesn't seem too gossipy, so, like, he won't start too much drama, but then he'll get a lot of information. I really liked him. If we could pick a fourth person, I would have picked him. And so I'm very happy for you, and <laughs> good luck. His hometown is West Warwick, Rhode Island. His current residence is Warwick, Rhode Island. He made it from West to Central. And it's the smallest state in the Union, and he made it from West to Central. And you're like, oh, he'd be my fourth pick? Oh, my God. What does moving have to do with quality? <laughs> uh, the fact that this man is, what, 70? And he is not 70. What? Like, he looks... It's 46. Thank you very much. Six, yeah. It's geriatric on this on this cast, yeah, though. The, He's like the, the oldest person. The vibe I get from him is if you offered him an Eggo waffle with nothing on it for breakfast, he'd be like, whoa, that's too crazy, which is not what I want on my tribe. I'll say that. Honestly, the emotional support angle I do see, but at the same time, guy looks bland. Yeah, during his uh, preseason interviews, they asked him, like, a question that's supposed to be, like, a long-winded one, and he gave, like, a four-word answer. And I was like, oh, okay, that's it. Cool. Also, didn't they ask him why he was a survivor? And he was like, I have kids and a wife. And I was like, what does that have to do with anything? Also, I'm with Jack on him being kind of bland, because Abby can vouch for me. We looked at the pictures together the other night, and I saw him, and I said, he looks like a square. And also, he's an insurance agent. I just, I don't, I don't think that he just looks so boring to me. Good. I think boring can be good sometimes. Like, I really do. I think, like, when you're in such a stressful environment and all this stuff, I think boring can feel safe. Yeah, nothing comforts me more than talking insurance with Bruce. When I went to watch the co the compiled, like, little video interviews that you sent out, Clyde, his was first. And it was so boring, I couldn't bring myself to even fast forward. I stopped watching. I wounded myself in this draft because of how milquetoast this guy is. Tony, I want to ask you, do you think Bruce gives off Roxroy vibes? I wouldn't necessarily say that he gave off Roxroy vibes because I think that Roxroy could be a bit abrasive. I don't think that Bruce came off as abrasive to me. I kind of agree with Olivia in the sense that he seemed very chill and probably not as charismatic as someone like Mike, who I think was chill and also charismatic, and that got him really far. Maybe the chill factor can actually pull him through a little bit further than uh, you might expect. However, I think there's also a scenario where he does get voted out first. In the first episode, they lose the challenge, and they say, well, he's the oldest, and he's boring, so they vote him right out. So it's definitely a risk. But I think if he doesn't get voted out first or second, then he's actually going to make it very far. Yep. I gave Bruce my award for most likely to cry first because he misses his family. I think there's a chance that in the first episode on like day two, Bruce uh, sheds a couple tears because he misses his kids. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. He might cry because he misses his insurance office as well. He's just so far from Warwick, Rhode Island. <laughs> okay. So we can hop to me. We got two people left. 
we got Carolyn, who I knew was going to be here for the second to last pick. When it when I looked at the draft board, I was like, okay, second to last, it's going to be Carolyn and who? It, the real question was, who would the other person be? So the other person is Jamie. Oh, the Yogi. Alexis, since my pick affects you at all, do you have a preference between either of these people? What if I tell you and then you're like, yeah, I'm going to take that? Well, because I think they each have positives and negatives. I think Carolyn has a close to zero chance of winning the game, but she compares herself to Nora, who was dragged to the end, kind of made a fool, and got zero jury votes. And I think Carolyn has that potential of being dragged all the way to the end of the game. So I think she has that upside. I think uh, Jamie doesn't have that same upside of getting dragged to the end that Carolyn does, but I think Jamie could make it to the end and actually win. But her chances of making it making it that far are probably lower. Well, well, so do you have a preference or no? I kind of have one, but I feel like I could go either way with them. But I'm not going to tell you either way. You get, to, you get to choose. Okay. Well, I went with my head on the map pick, and I guess that would be my theme for the season. So if this turns on me, then I'm only going with the heart for any future draft I ever do. So I'll roll with Jamie, the yogi. <laughs> Okay, so Jamie uh, Lewin Ruiz, 35 years old from Mesa, Arizona. Um, some things I liked about her is, oh, she's an OG fan. She watched Survivor on VHS. So I appreciated that she at least has an understanding of the show. She seems to be really bubbly and friendly. She has this like socially based strategy. And I think she's a person that a lot of other players will connect with. Um, negatives was similar to, I forget who was earlier, but she also compares herself to Angelina which I do not like at all. She also aims to find a ride-or-die ally, which concerns me because I'm worried that Jamie won't have it in her to flip on an ally at the right time. But I do think there's people in this tribe that I could see her bonding with. There's no one on her tribe that seems like Jamie cannot vibe with. She seems like uh, the glue guy of the group. I'm content with the pick. I think if Jamie makes it to the merge, I will be happy. I saw Yogi and immediately didn't want her as a, as most everyone else, it seems. But I also felt like she just seemed really exhausting. She put so many capital letters in her bio and so many exclamation points. And she said that she called her tribe mates her like new best friends. And I was like, I feel like she's going to rub people the wrong way. So I think if I had the choice, I would have taking Carolyn over Jamie, so thank you. Yeah, I got that vibe, and that's why I took her. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I, I would throw out, so I believe Danger Dave Ball was a yogi or or was a yogi, a yoga practitioner, and I didn't like him. Um, and so that's why I didn't like yogis. Uh, and so you'll never pick a yogi ever now? You have a vendetta against them? Not a professional yogi. If you do yoga, like if yoga's in your hobbies, great. If it's your job, you're not going to be, you're either one of two things. You're either totally zen and you're not going to be able to cut people out, like you said, ride or die. Or you've got a ton of suppressed rage like Dave did and it just manifests itself in kind of nasty ways. Also, remember when Coach used to like decide halfway through the season that he was a yogi? Like he wasn't, I think he decided halfway through that that was his new identity. And so this is a little different, but like that didn't, shake out too well because people were like what are you doing like yeah maybe it's good for you but it might annoy people and i almost missed this um in her pet peeves she has sound of the alarm clock on the iphone you know the one 
Does anybody know the one? Because I can think of like four that are really annoying, but there's not one clearly worst one. It's like the generic radar one. Do it acapella. I was thinking of the like honky tonk, like, dun, 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 dun. that's the one that really annoys me. <laughs> Maybe that's how Jamie goes home. Someone uh, acapellas the iPhone alarm in the morning and she up and quits at that point. <laughs> I would be furious. This was a little while ago, but back to the Angelina bit. Like, she reminds me so much of Angelina. Like, something about, like, having the corporate background and then having, like, the really bubbly personality and trying to, like, really upplay that bubbly personality. And then I could just totally see her, like, completely just, like, screwing everything up somehow and trying to, like, patch together all the holes again. I just, I don't know. I see a lot of Angelina in her. Okay. We can go to the last pick. Alexis, you got Carolyn. Uh... <laughs> Do you think Carolyn deserved to be the last pick is really the question here. Um, I think it could go either way. So like I've had her, I actually didn't have her that low because there is a part of me that thinks she could do okay. Um, but there's also a part of me that thinks she could do awful. So that's why it's difficult with her. Um, but like originally when I saw the preview and I saw her rubbing rocks on her face, I was like, uh, I'm not going to like her. I feel like she's going to be very polarizing. Uh, which she probably will be, but at the same time, like what you said, I thought the same thing, Clyde, that she said, like, she uh, likened herself to Nora, and Nora actually did make it pretty far, even if she didn't get any votes, so I could at least get some points there, maybe, um, but also, at least she's self-aware, it seems, like, she seems very sure of who she is, and I think she knows she's a little, like, quirky, or whatever, and I feel like maybe that could get her um to do okay but i'm also afraid that she might be kind of like um she might just like be go off the rails a little bit and then if she is in the lions she might go off the rails and then they might vote her out so i don't know but we'll see so um i know she's currently working as like a drug counselor so i think she will be able to see through like any manipulation that anyone tries to like do to her that's like what she does um on a daily basis in her job but um, she also started her own merch store, just like Carson. So that could go either way, like with Carson. So I think it's very fitting that the first and last pick of the draft had their own merch stores before the season even started. Is this a new thing people do just for this season, or have people been doing this for a while with the merch store? I think it's this season. It's really weird. I think there's a couple things that scared me away from Carolyn. The two biggest ones is, she says that she was told her whole life that she's too loud. And that worries me for a Survivor contestant where you need to keep secrets. And she also brags about how bad her teeth are. And as a dental student, I can't really support someone that bragged about having three crowns from eating a ton of candy. Yeah, the line, I've fallen asleep eating chocolate too many times to count, is not associated in my mind with survival well, she's like 12 years sober, so she's a survivor in that aspect. But yes, I do agree. Falling asleep while eating chocolate is not a good uh, trait to have. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that there's actually like few harder things than getting sober and staying sober. And um, I think that that feat in and of itself, like being on an island is probably like whatever. So I think that there's a lot that, like she could pull from them and also... Like in my line of work, we talk a lot about like there's the saying of like a quote unquote dry drunk. So maybe you're not actually drinking anymore, but like you have it work through whenever 
like you need to work through but it seems like she like has and she does seem pretty self-aware and so you know if she wants to be loud whatever like i know sometimes people are like i don't drink i get to be loud and you know what amen you do so you know it she might be like i think that there's a way for her to be like her full loud self and like make it work but there's gonna have to be a craft to it without it being like annoying like people are gonna have to be in on the joke with her i'm trying to find her dad because apparently her dad's a senator wasn't her dad in the circus and then he went it, keep going in that sentence uh, is there more uh, oh yeah actually you're right yeah. yeah yeah wow got a law degree and went to the senate do you think uh jam jam and carolyn will be able to coexist as probably the two biggest like personalities on the whole season I actually exactly. think they wouldn't be able to because I feel like Jam Jam's going to like the drama and she might provide some of it. Like, I don't know. I feel like if if she were to succeed on any tribe, I think it's the Orange because they have kind of like interesting characters on that team. So I feel like, or on that tribe, I feel like she, that she might actually fit in a little bit. And I think that she will probably provide entertainment at least. He's in the Minnesota Senate, not the real Senate. That's a little judgy. I'm sorry, but... That's still cool. I mean, he was a clown. So I, I want to draft him, actually. I'm, I'm in this rabbit hole. I'm sorry. I'm derailing. He's your for, fourth player that you would want. He's Early my honorable mention for this episode, actually. I was going to talk about um, Yam Yam and Carolyn coexisting on the same tribe. It worries me a little bit. They're definitely the largest personalities, I think, in this cast. And in either I think it either goes that we're going to become really good friends and end up like working together or something stupid is going to happen and then they're going to get in a big argument and then it causes drama throughout the tribe. I feel like that's what happens a lot of the times when we have like big personalities like in the same group. So that's why I was between Carolyn and Bruce um, for my pick and that's kind of why I went with Bruce because I was scared of what could happen with that. A Carolyn Jam Jam final two would be amazing for this season. Probably highly unlikely, but I think it'd be so entertaining to watch. Well, there we go. Final tribal of all time. Yeah, if only it could be a final three with Gabler, then you'd have the trifecta of, <laughs> or an alternative final three of Bruce, uh, Roxroy, and Gabler, the ultimate Tony final three. But there we go. All uh, 18 players, three rounds, got it all set. 